Welcome everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Reverend Dr. Lawrence Van Beek. Oh, folks, you got the full title today. You are dealing with a with a, a biblical heavyweight here. And if you don't yeah, know he, it, he, just so. just wait till you listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, You'll know it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, my friend, it is good to be with you again. And today we're looking at Revelation 14. Which, which mentions some odd numbers and all sorts of fun things are going on in this chapter, isn't it? Numbers are a big part of this book, hey, Stevie? Yeah, isn't that the Numbers story? are a big part, but not necessarily numerology, so we want to... Yeah, yeah. We hate that guy that wrote that book, didn't we? Don't we yeah, hate that yeah. guy? Yeah, he, we he made too much that. money on the yeah, book. Yeah, he that made too much money. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Um, anything you want to start off by saying about this book, or should we just jump right in? It's a long chapter, so we, we may... We may skim just a little, but let's dive in and just do it. It's a really important chapter. Okay, awesome. Folks, Revelation 14. Obviously, we're going to start at verse 1. We've, we've thought about starting I at verse there's chapters that aren't important, Steve. After <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this means nothing at all. This, <laughs> <laughs> this was filler because John didn't really know what he was writing. He was no. like, ah, what are you going to do with this extra scroll? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think I'll write he was doodling the 144,000. <laughs> yeah, John, it's it's not an illustrated Bible. Come on, come on, back off there. <laughs> okay, here we go. Verse 1, chapter 14. And then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like a roar of many waters and the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne, and before the four living creatures, and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. The, it is these who have not defiled themselves for women, with women, <laughs> for women, with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These have been redeemed from from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb. And in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. So, Steve, um, the 144,000, you were first introduced them to them in chapter 7. And in 7, that's where we said, some people think the 144,000 are a specific group of people, right. 144,000 Jewish evangelists for the end times. Others, um, like like me, think that the 144,000, this refers actually to all Christians. Mm. Um, in chapter 7, they they uh, they say every tribe that they come from, and then you realize that um, there's two from Joseph's family, and Dan is left out altogether, right? right? And he turns, remember, he sees a multitude. So we think this is that 144,000. Okay. So, so um so the lamb standing on Mount Zion, and here's the 144,000. And look, they have they have the name of God written on their foreheads, mm, mm. right? Um, you're gonna get you're gonna get the blasphemous woman with the name written on her forehead. They're always writing names on people's foreheads in this book. Um, I think I, I don't think people had a lot of hair. I think there was a lot of you know, <laughs> really bald people. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, the whole point. The actual point of having someone's name written on your forehead is is to say that you belong to them. That that's, that's the actual. It took me a while to that. recover from this. Bear with oh, me. I'll, no. I'll be back with you in a second. Keep going. I'm sorry. 
And he says, so so these these are the ones. These are the and I I really feel he's talking about Christians and saying, look, you belong to God. Remember, you're talking to a church that's going, that's facing persecution. They're in the midst of persecution, right? And and many of these people are going to die, and and he needs to say to them, you know, you belong to God, man. Right. And yeah. And I hear I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and loud thunder so that's that's god's voice right yeah, yeah the power of god and the sound of harpists playing their harps yeah um not really impressed with harp music but <clears throat> but john liked it and so it works <laughs> i once went to this thing for it was actually trinity western university it was it was in the 80s and trinity was a very small school at the time and the guy was saying um you know if you're going to support a christian school this is the only game in town for a Christian university, because it was the only one back then. Mm -hmm. The guy was playing country music on a harp, and it, it didn't work for me. So <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you this whole story. <laughs> so what you're saying is that Garth Brooks and George Strait don't work on a harp. Really, that's what we need. Not, not generally speaking, no. Yeah, they yeah. might in their, you know, in their own spare time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to sing a new song. So they belong to God. you got God's name on your head. Um, you know, you've got this voice from heaven, you're singing this new song, mm. and the song that you're singing is before the throne and before the four living creatures. So he has brought you back into heaven. Mm. So where do you want to be when life is completely falling apart? You want to be with God, and you want to be in heaven. Yeah. And yes. that is what he's saying. Yeah. Again, you're, you're, he's going to, in a few more verses, he's going to say, chances are you're going to die, folks, and yep. it's okay. Yeah. And it's it's so hard to deal with, um, especially when you know with the psalm, uh, you know, and um, a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. It'll not come nigh unto you. These are the verses we want, right? Yes. You know, Abraham was super wealthy. We want those kind of verses. Yeah. But Revelation's not talking to those people. No, no, no. And these have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is. These who follow the lamb wherever he goes. So this is like Mary had a little lamb, but this is the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah, with her potatoes. She had a little lamb with her with her potatoes and peas. But um, but this is <laughs> sorry, but this is the opposite. They're the they're following the lamb, and this idea that they were not defiled themselves with women is it's a kind of a weird expression for us. Yeah, and it's it's a purity expression to say. They were pure, and we think that this purity is religious purity. Oh, right? okay, I get you now. Yeah. Though there are people who read these verses and think that um, thought that Christians should not marry and should not have sexual relations. Okay. Right. And uh, but but we're pretty sure that's not where he's going with this. Right. Yeah. Um, there, but there there are whole groups of of people that felt that that Christians should be celibate. And the way that you get more Christians is through um, is through conversion, not right. through birth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get you. I get you. And the, but we don't think he's going there. We really think that this is actually talking about religious purity. I get you. Um, right. And following Jesus, they're following Jesus, and they've been redeemed, and they're they're God's first fruits, and they're they're oh they're not liars, Steve. Some of this stuff is tough to read, eh? Yeah. They're they're really good people. Like they're not lying, and they're blameless, and they're following Jesus. You know, um, and, and is that a reference that they're, they're, they're going to die? 
Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But is the, no. is is that also a reference that they are also an offering before God, right? They are the first fruits, and it kind of conjures up that Old Testament thinking of of an kind of nice if if kind of nice if you're facing death. Yeah, that you're you're God's first fruits. I mean, I mean, He has all eternity um, to spend with us and to enjoy with us. If yeah. if we believe this stuff at all. We really believe that our time on Earth is 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 so short, and and our time with God is so is forever, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, and so this going out to your death is not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, and but but it's something that John has to hammer at you, because I don't think anybody does that naturally. No, no. I don't think anybody goes off to die naturally. No, no. Yeah. Even you and I, and sometimes you think, you know, it'd be good to be with the Lord. We still th have yeah. things that really want to hold us to this life, right? Well, that's right. I mean, you know, the cryptos could still go, and then, and then you know, you kind of want to be here for that. But, <laughs> 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 but um, it's kind of critical, though. Um, and he's not saying kill yourself. He's not saying martyr yourself. He is saying you're going to die, though. Yeah. But he's not saying bring it upon yourself. Yeah, yeah. one of the one of the early fathers, and I, it was I don't know if it was Irenaeus. Now I forgot, but um, but he was always talking about going to martyrdom, hmm. and people thought he was actually pushing it and making it happen. But when I read it, I thought he was just prepared for it. Hmm. Hmm. I, I saw it in a little different light than many do, which is probably the proper light because you know what I see must be true. <laughs> but but last thought he was actually created his own martyrdom. And actually, that's what they said about Jesus, isn't it? That yeah. um, that he brought his death upon himself. He made it happen. But I don't believe that for a second either. No, no. no. He knew it was going to happen, yeah. but he didn't make it happen. Yeah, yeah. which is interesting, anyway, right? Because, because we've seen that yeah. sort of thinking in other, like, I mean, we've heard about that even during some of um, our neighbors to the south and some of their political um, dealings that it's almost like they are trying to cause Armageddon to bring that about. You know, they almost believe it as a spiritual act. They're trying to do that. Oh, I, I, that's an interesting point. I did not know that, Steve. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some folks in even in the Bush administration, like the second Bush administration, that had that held that belief. Well, two in the Bush. That's what they say. <laughs> Is worth <laughs> one in the hand. <laughs> in the hand. <laughs> huh. Yeah, that's 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 odd. But but it's interesting the different takes that you can take on on yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Like Canadians. Uh, Canadian Christians are really not political. No. Um, but American Christians are very political. Yeah. Yeah. So, interesting. Anyway. Uh, pick it up at verse six. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth the sea and the springs of water. Another angel, a second, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all the nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives the mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke 
of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night, these worshippers of the beast in its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of the God, of the God, of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. So can you, so you can see what he said in the top when you get down here and he says, blessed are those who die in the Lord, <clears throat> right? Preparation, preparation for, for God's people to die. And, and he's got to prepare you over and over because there's something in you that says, why am I serving God if, if he's just going to let me die? Mm-hmm. Like, like, isn't there a God that I can serve that will give me the big bag of money and let me live, you know, <laughs> in the Caribbean six months of the year? And, and he's saying to these guys, no, no, that's not what it is for you. And it's not this way for all Christians. Right. Right. It's this way for some. And that's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know that God does different things with, with different people and different groups of his own people. Yeah. And these are faithful people, Steve. Yep. These are not crappy Christians. Like, this is not us. This is, <laughs> these are people these are, that really live this stuff well. Yeah, yeah. They, they believed in this stuff. And, right. and, like, and of course, we do. Um, just in case the audience gets, our, our audience person gets freaked out. Um, so anyway, so, the, so now you've got another angel, and he's bringing the eternal gospel. Sounds like the end of Matthew, doesn't it? The gospel yeah. will, will, will be preached to all nations. And he's preaching it every tribe, language, and people. And so if you saw the 144,000 as Jewish evangelists, then you've got it again, and they are preaching to the whole world. Mm. If you see the 144,000 as Christians, they're bringing the gospel to the whole world. Okay. But however you do it, the gospel is going out to the whole world. Mm. And he says, give God glory, because his hour of judgment has come. Isn't it? Doesn't it feel like we've gone backwards again? Yeah. Well, I, he, just, he kind of wrapped it all up in, in the last chapter. Now he's come back to it. Well, I, I like how you always, you, you've always emphasized that John writes in this sort of cyclical pattern, right? He kind of pulls us back to that throne image, you know, this yeah. is, and, and also back to the image of this is God begging the inhabitants of the earth to come follow him. I'm begging well, you to come back he, to me. They think he was an octogenarian, right? They think that he was in his 80s when mm. he did this. Mm. So maybe he's just forgot what he wrote. And he's just rewriting <laughs> it. <laughs> when you're talking and you just go over the same conversation again and again. Yeah. No, of course not. Of, of course, he's he's just going back. And I think he's just emphasizing it again. Because now he's talked about the destruction of the world. And he's preparing to talk about Babylon. Yeah. Right? The destruction of Babylon. Which, which probably is Rome. Right. Yeah. So another angel comes and says, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great, who made all the nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Babylon was able to do that in Babylon's day. Remember, they built the thing to Nebuchadnezzar. You had to worship the thing. You know, there's the, there's the immorality that goes around that. Rome did it in Rome's day. You know, you had the you had to worship the emperor at different times. You had to worship the emperor. Right. And there was sexual immorality and and so, therefore, we don't want to look at Canada and the United States today because it's starting to sound like that. And that's why you get people saying, this sounds like that, right? right? And the United States, um, you know, it was in the 90s, we always said that. We said, this is the most powerful nation 
in, in the world right now. Everybody could rise up against the states and lose. And everybody, if you want to make it in anything, yeah. you, you had to connect to the United States. That's changing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, but but that was that way. And so so is that a is that a an example of Babylon as well, or is this just Rome? Hmm. That that part I can't say, but you know. Another angel follows and says, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives the mark, he will drink the wine of God's wrath. So from thirteen, remember, the the people were gonna worship the beast. And um, they were going to receive his mark on your forehead. And we talked about that in the last, the last mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. on your forehead or on your hand. And this time, he says, if you do it, you're going to be tormented in, in fire and sulfur. If you worship the beast. So it's not, it's not a financial thing. It's not take a mark so you can go into CIBC and take money out. It's, it's say that you love the beast and mm. then you receive a mark. Oh, that is such a good point. That's such a good point, right? Because again, if you think back to, like you said about the, the woman who has um, the name on her forehead and now God's saints have his name on their forehead, uh, it makes sense to me now. Yeah, And the beast, the beast people have their his name on their forehead. Yes, okay. Yeah. Makes yeah, yeah, total yeah. sense, Larry. Makes total sense. So that's why we always say there could be an actual reality to this. There could be a chip. There could be all that. But the worship is the critical piece. Mm-hmm. So who are you going to serve today? Right, right. As for me, my house will serve the Lord. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, these worshipers of the beast and his image, whoever receives the mark of his name. Yeah. So, so do not worship this one. If there's anything that comes in your future that says you have to pay homage to anything, Christians could easily say, yeah, but they know it's not, I know it's not real. Hmm. You know, everybody knows it's not real. And John says, yeah, but you can't do it. Yeah. So don't do it. Yeah. Remember we said about Domitian, we love you, we love you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's go, let's go do our buying and selling. And John says, no, you can't. You can't pull that double standard. It's not double. real, John. I know it's not real and you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I see where you're going. Yeah. And this calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints. Isn't that something? Mm. And there's a voice comes from heaven and said, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Uh, mm. I don't like it, Steve. No. I don't like it. No, no, no. It's it's not the big bag of money on a trip to uh, uh, to Belize, Cancun, whatever you want to talk about. But um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I want the easy life. Yeah. And we're called to something very different, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a really intriguing end to this thing. Yeah. The harvest of the earth. So let, let's pick it up at 14 then, folks. Then I looked and behold, a white cloud and seated on the cloud, one like the son of, a, like a son of man with a golden crown on his head and a sharp... Were you going to say the son of a gun? Were you? I don't know what I was going to say. It was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was not I was not thinking son of a gun, but I'm not really sure what was going to come out of my mouth, so I was a little worried. <laughs> with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Uh, and another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, put in your sickle. And reap, for the hour to reap is come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. 
So he who sat on a clown swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Another angel came out of the temple of heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar. The angel who had a who has authority over the fire, and he called with a loud voice to the one who had a sharp sickle, Put in your sickle and gather clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress as high as the horse's bridle for 1600 stadia. Is that a tongue twister of <laughs> oh, mercy? <clears throat> I've always struggled with that word sickle. I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't know why I can't figure out how to say it sometimes, but I just can't. But, I know, I know. And maybe it was a sigh instead of a sickle. Maybe. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> why did you call it a sigh? Because I can't say sickle over and over. <laughs> oh, so you've read some of the papers I wrote in university. I have, I have no idea how to spell that word. I'll, I'll write this word instead. <laughs> I have done that as well. I'm not sure how to do that grammatically. Um, then I look. So, so now this is the harvest of the earth. And here's, here's an oddity for me. I come back to this one, and I see this being an actual battle on the earth. And that's, and there's, the reason for it is because of, of what he does here. So these angels come with their sickles, and they are they're reaping and they're harvesting the earth, right? So this, right. this is warfare that's that's coming god inspired warfare and and we always want to be careful with that because you know um people people have a real hard time with with god and warfare and judgment and and death and things like that right and right. and part of it is of course because we can't see this world from god's perspective mm -hmm. from god's perspective this stuff isn't that meaningful now he never in the in in the New Testament times, he never allows us to be the killers. Right. You know, and people don't want to serve that kind of a God in the New Testament times. Hmm. But, but it's because they don't, they don't have any clue about the whole concept of, of space, time, and eternity. Hmm. Hmm. Good um, we only see what's happening to us. Like, we can see eternity, but, but I'm concerned about, you know, the warts on my head, you know, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so that's what's happening. So now there's a sickle going through the earth, and these guys are cutting down the earth with a sickle, and they are they are doing it. Um, and there's a there's a warfare going on, and I'm just going to go down to twenty because everything else just builds toward twenty here. Mm -hmm. And it says, and the wine press was trodden outside the city, and blood flowed from the wine press as high as the horse's bridle. And Steve, how high is a horse's bridle? Uh, is, that, is it like eight hands? I, I can't remember how many hands high it is. Well, if a, if a horse is 16 hands, let's say a horse is 15, that's a good average size. Okay. That bridle's about four feet in the air, Oof. minimum. So he's, say five feet, actually. I don't know why he's four. Uh, you know, it depends. You know, if he's yeah. a Shetland pony. A Shetland pony, yeah. But, or <laughs> yeah, let's say three to five feet. Let's, let's, let's give it. But you're going to have the blood flow five feet high. Say four feet. Four feet high. And it's going to go 1,600 stadia. Steve, how, how far is 1,600 stadia? I have no idea. I was going to click this little link to go how, how well, much. Click, is... click, and it will tell you about 180 miles. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> about 300 kilometers, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it says 184 miles. By the way, 
How long do you think it is the length of Jerusalem from top to bottom? Oh, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, <laughs> from the, from the one sea to the other sea is about 1600 stadia. I see and, what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah. So what he's saying, he's saying the blood's going to flow four feet high, right through the whole length of Palestine, mm. right from the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea. It's gonna, it's the blood's going to flow. Now this is a problem for the literalists. Because to have blood flow four feet high for 180 miles, um, you pretty much have to slit everybody's throat in a culvert. I mean, you know, how are you going to do this? So even the literalists will say, I think he means it's spattered to the horse's bridles. <laughs> because, because you just can't, you can't do it, right? You yeah. can't get there. But what you can get is to say, there is an incredible warfare that's going on in Palestine. Right. And people are going to die. Yeah. And if it had been before AD 70 that this book was written, if it was Nero's time, I would have said this is pointing to the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, no doubt. Yeah. But because we think it was written in Domitian's time, then we've got to do, you know, is it Bar Kokhba? Is it through that revolt? Is it something later on? Or is it just talking about horrendous warfare and death of people? Mm. And I think I kind of I kind of go, you know, spiritual, spiritual, literal, literal, and and I, I can't I can't help it, but that's where I end up. Yeah. And so, so he's saying, you know, with the beast and with the with all of the stuff going on, there's going to be a terrible warfare. Yeah. Is it in our? Is there one waiting for our future? I'm sure there's one in our future. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there is. It seems like we're. But I, that's, I think that's God our... was. That's our bent, right? That's the way we go. Yeah. Yeah. We're people. I mean, if if we don't have warfare, then, you know, how are the arms dealers going to make any money at all? <laughs> That's right. What is we the Raytheon? Them too. Yeah. What's the Raytheon Corporation going to do for crying out loud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so, so he's saying it again. He's saying, God has his hand on you, church, and he is putting his name right on your forehead, and he is protecting you. Mm. And, but his protection doesn't mean you're going to live. Mm -hmm. His protection means you're going to be with him. The importance is to be with Christ. If we could only live it, Steve, yeah. I think we'd be the freest of all people. Oh, ouch. Ow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so true. And, my, and so next week we're on 15. <laughs> my, friend, my friend, what a great place to leave that with. If we could live this, think of the freedom that we could live in, folks. Man, that's really, really, really powerful. Buddy, thanks so much for that, eh? Folks, we are so blessed that you join us every week. We so enjoy doing this. If we even had an audience of one, we'd still do it. Uh, but we're glad that we have an audience of at least five. So, um, <laughs> but we so enjoyed doing it. We'll see you again next week. We're going to talk through Revelation 15. Until then, this has been the Apocalypse Podcast. <laughs>